Every wall that exists in our modern built environment is an invitation. An open invitation to bring more beauty, delight, and connection into our lives and communities through art. Hi, I'm Morgan and hostess of If These Walls Could Talk. Do you know of any bare walls that could use a transformation? Whether you're an artist or an art advocate, this podcast will provide the inspiration to make your next mural project a huge success. There was a lot of resistance. So uh, that was the biggest issue. Not so much from the principal, it was just the community at large, when they saw the dollar amount, they really questioned, how are you spending this much money on something that isn't necessarily measurable? It's not curriculum, it's not academically focused, it's strictly aesthetics. Hi, this is Morgan, and welcome to another episode of If These Walls Could Talk. Today, my guest is going to be Christy Flavin. She was PTA president when I met her back in 2015. The big idea of how to beautify Springer Elementary School in Los Altos, and not a ton of support from the school. She had a principal that was just on the brink of retiring, and This is a story about how Christy created one successful project that led to many more successive projects and really a complete transformation of the school. Before I get started on this podcast, I just want to say that I've really enjoyed pulling on a diverse set of people for this podcast. And I feel like each person really fills in a unique blank in the process of the mural creation project. And I have worked on multiple school projects, and it always takes a project coordinator who's willing to really get in the ring and stay there and fight for the idea of art, who believes in art. And I'll say right here, I believe in art, in the transformation that it makes in our public spaces, in the transformation it brings to schools, sort of the feel of it, the color, the warmth, the invitation, the playfulness, it changes the tone of an environment. And I believe in this transformation. I see it all the time. I know it's worth investing in. But it's difficult to articulate that to a broader group, to get funds from the powers that be who may or may not really give a hoot about art. And it's not necessarily intentional. There's a lot of competing priorities for school money. I totally understand that. And a lot of people just don't understand what an influence, what an impact art can make on an environment and how it feels. So like the other day I bumped into Christy and she showed me photographs. Somebody had dressed up like the Springer Bee mascot and was hugging the kids, but it was in front of the artwork. And all the photos were just amazing. These happy children in front of these beautiful murals with this big dressed up bug. And remembering what the wall looked like, what the school looked like before I showed up, the school was all beige, no art, few bulletin boards, and it was really didn't represent sort of their professional commitment to be educators and warm and welcoming to children. It sort of looked like a nondescript government building. So 
Really, the transformation was so apparent in these photos. When you walk on campus, there's art on the ground. It goes up on the walls. It's at the end of every building. It's on the playground of the kindergarten. I mean, the transformation's been amazing. So I'm going on and on, but I think this is a great story because of what Christy had to do to pull this thing off. And I'm really proud of her. And I think that it's a great example of what to do when you meet a lot of resistance, of what's possible when you stick in it, and the importance of art advocacy. Just at the grassroots, like, hey, I see a wall and I want to make it happen. That's how art happens. There's not a magic art fairy, an artist who's just going to do all this real quality work for free or some art fund that is just going to hand out free money. It really takes somebody saying, art could transform this place. And I want to figure out how to go about doing that. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Christy. And as I said, she actually went to Springer Elementary School as a child. So she had a special connection with the school. But beyond that, you know, she was just had said yes. Obviously, being PTA president is a big commitment. So she's already, you know, in a role of responsibility at the school. That certainly helped. But beyond that, I'm just going to let you, I'm just going to jump right into the conversation with Christy and let's see where it goes. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, Christy, for joining me today. Sure. Welcome. Thank you. So, remind me, did you go to Springer? I did. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. We won't ask the dates. No. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, it, like, must be really full circle for, for you when you had kids at Springer. It was a personal place for you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. a lot of our decision of where we bought our home was based on wanting my kids to have the positive experience that I had growing up in Los Altos and at Springer specifically. So it's been really special to be back there. Yeah. And when we first met, you said, gosh, all the other Los Altos schools, they seem like they're more aesthetically pleasing. And we've just got the bungalows up front. We only have one putty color. And, you know, you had a vision for your school, which was... um, not shared by everybody. So tell me more about that. Like how you got the idea to do a mural project in the beginning and what made you take that up? Yeah, so I'm not specifically sure of the timing of the process, but for quite some time, I felt like Springer, it's a very happy place to be. It's a great school. I have nothing but positive things to say about it, except the lack of just life and energy and the surroundings, just it weighed on me, quite honestly. I'm a very visual person, so I'm very impacted by my surroundings. And I assume that there are other people like that as well. And I truly believe in creating spaces that make people feel welcome and vibrant and happy. And when I would go to other schools, I just started noticing things that made them a little different. So maybe they had more trees or they had more color or flowers or grass. And when I went to Springer actually years ago, we had a lot more trees. So the whole area that you see when you're greeted at the front of the school mm-hmm. used to be a whole row of trees and benches you could sit under, a whole nother play yard. And that went away with the portables. But I was really trying to brainstorm ways that I could help the school 
look pretty again, quite honestly. And I don't remember when I first saw one of your murals. I think it was at Covington, that really pretty mural that you did there with the kids reading under the trees. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that just really spoke to me. And then I started noticing at other schools and thought, you know, this is something that would be, you know, something we should try out at Springer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm. And so you had this idea and you brought it to the principal. I mean, was there any resistance or like, how did you get it funded? There was a lot of resistance. So uh, that was the biggest issue. Not so much from the principal. It was just the community at large, when they saw the dollar amount, they really questioned, how are you spending this much money on something that isn't necessarily measurable? It's not curriculum. It's not academically focused. It's strictly aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And I was actually surprised. And, and I still, to this day, I'm not sure if it was just a few people that stirred things up or if it was really something shared by the entire community because we never did a formal poll or anything. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I just kind of kept visiting more sites, realizing this was something that was actually fairly common to have at schools and that other schools had these murals and had figured out a way to fund it. And you were really generous in working with us to kind of figure out a way we could baby step into it. So I think that led us to doing the mural project in the kindergarten that instead of just being strictly aesthetic, it was actually a functional component of the kindergarten yard. And that's what really gave us the opportunity to justify the project and also breathe life into the space. Mm-hmm. So did you get some monies from like facilities improvements or curriculum or like social emotional learning? Like was there different line items or PTA discretionary? Like how how were you able to scoop together all the money into one place or did you take different? You know, we actually, I had recently gotten more involved in the PTA board and I noticed that there was a very small amount allocated towards facilities improvement. And that was something I had really advocated for, or I think it was actually called campus beautification. We had this very small Mm -hmm. line item called campus beautification And I questioned it and said, is this something we could allocate a little bit more money to because it's necessary? Mm -hmm. And so we were able to that year add more to that portion of the budget by, you know, moving some money around. And then I, I honestly don't remember what we called all of it. But one of the things that really helped us is when we asked, we had done some polls with the teachers and asking them things that we asked them how PTA could help them basically because we knew we had money, but we didn't really know how we could best spend it. And when we asked the teachers, the kindergarten teachers had specifically said it would be great to have something on the playground that were more interactive, mm-hmm. you know, was more interactive for the kids. Mm-hmm. And so that's what prompted. Yes. So I remember when I first came to the playground to look at painting it, there wasn't a garden around. No. And it was just the chain link fence outside the kindergarten yard. And then it was black and white. Yes. There was a track. There was a couple hopscotch. Mm -hmm. And then a little garden shed. And somewhat a little forlorn or maybe needed a little touch up. The little playhouse. Yeah, Yeah. playhouse. And then so what we brainstormed together. So on our first project, I'm just going to walk it through. So people, you know, I'm thinking, what if there's... um, somebody who's listening who's an art advocate at their school, yeah. like how we came up with the ideas, how we made it happen. And so, you know, first 
we did a, a small project, which was just that playground. And because it was the pavement, easy to incorporate volunteers. So we, yes. had a, we did it all in one day. I came up Sunday and touched it up. But Saturday, I think we had two shifts, maybe 12 people. And I remember the volunteers were super excited to be a part of it. They had a blast. They had a good time. Yeah. And they kind of got involved. And then they were like, I helped do that. And then the kids used the playground, you know, because we created interactive artwork. Yes. So the 5, 10, 15, 20 to count, the alphabet, mirror me. Some things we found on the internet, I think yeah. some. We looked at what other playgrounds had done and we'd kind of put a whole bunch of different ideas together. And we also kept the track idea. That's right. And worked with like a rainbow bridge. And I'll include images of the uh, in the show notes, but I just want to point out like, a pavement mural can create a big impact on a play space for a school. It doesn't cost very much money, and the art is usually fairly forgiving because it tends to be large, graphic, bold shapes. Yeah. And I used a paint. I'm now using a different paint because we learned okay. during Christie's project that the paint faded and was chipping up. I was using striping paint, and it's actually thick. It has a lot of clay in it. And I learned on that one that it can chip up. And the ones that are thinner and actually stain seem to be lasting longer. Okay. So I will I will put that in the show notes also about what the materials are. But, you know, our first project was a first opportunity to win over the community and say, hey, what'd you think of this one? Maybe we could try another. Because yeah. I remember when I first met with Christy, I gave you a bid for like five different areas. Yes, right? that's right. I was like, we could do this. And based on, you know, this kind of an idea and this size here's the general ballpark of amounts and then you prioritized with the pta mm -hmm. about what would be the most important sequence and the most important areas that's right yeah but then the second project was right in the middle of school and even though it was such a big mm -hmm. wall it was an important space to activate so tell me about tell me about what the feedback you got after and how the second project went after you know having that first one in place for you, would you, would you agree it was you? Absolutely. So the first project, I don't know if you can include this in the notes, but if you remember that video we took on the day that the kids oh, arrived yeah. after oh, yeah. we painted that weekend, I think I compared it to Christmas morning because they were just giddy with joy. I mean, they just, yeah. everyone who came into that space, it was just amazing to watch their faces. And that's what I had kind of envisioned that, that, your visual surroundings can really have that impact on people, but it was just so neat seeing them experience it mm -hmm. in real life. And so the success of the kindergarten playground made it a lot easier to move forward on a larger scale mural. And again, we wanted to be sensitive to having some sort of curriculum component or tie-in because we are in a school. We didn't want it to strictly just be aesthetics, but we wanted to make sure that we consulted teachers and the student government to see ways that we could tie it in and make it a learning opportunity. So remember, we met with student council. Yeah, and that was we, super fun. It was nice fun. engaged. The group of kids, you were there. Yeah. We sat around and they came up with the concepts and it was, I feel like it was unanimous. It was like a really good design meeting. That's yes. what I remember taking away from that. Like we were all really excited about the concepts. Yes. And they had come up with, like they wanted a tree in it and they wanted kids in it. Kids reading under a tree. Didn't they specifically say that? Yes. Too? I think. Yeah. yeah. And then they had, remember we have the whole panel on it that shows the different native animals. Right. So there's the 
the panel that says, can you, can you find these yeah. animals? So we added a layer of engagement and education with mm-hmm. a, um, a legend. It was like mm-hmm. a legend. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then we tried to make it mimic what the hills behind the school would look like if the multi weren't blocking that view. That's right. That's because right. Springer has a beautiful backdrop. It's just sometimes you forget about it because yeah. it is a little bit blocked yeah. by that multi. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm thinking about it now, that legend, when I was actually painting, when the kids came out from recess and they mm-hmm. wanted to like, they engaged with the mural through that legend. Okay. Like, oh, there's a deer mouse. Oh, there's a hawk. Can you find, did you find them all? And like, I'm not there on the campus every day. Like, I don't know if the buzz dry, you know, dies off right away or if people still use it, but I do remember... I hadn't done a legend before, but it was a great way to add engagement to the artwork. Absolutely. Yeah, and it seemed like, you know, people want a way to engage and seek mm-hmm. and find is a great conversation starter for the kids to, you know, identify the species. Yeah. The local species, yeah. And also the way you wrap the mural around both edges, because remember we have the bees, which mm-hmm. are a mascot, trailing mm-hmm. off the one side, and then the legend is wrapped around the mm-hmm. other side. So it kind of... Gives you like an advanced peek. Yeah. Like, what's going on? It draws yeah. you in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. That was a really fun project. <laughs> Can we just sit here and talk about how fun that oh project was, Christy? Well, and what's really fun, it, it's kind of... It's similar to the experience with the kindergarten project in that I cannot tell you since doing that mural how many times I'm on campus and watching people engage with it or use it for backdrops, for pictures. It's become a real gathering place on our campus. And that wasn't even something, that was an unexpected benefit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I didn't realize what we were creating when we Mm -hmm. did that. Just yesterday the sixth graders get together and do group photos for the mm-hmm. yearbook. And mm-hmm. instead of doing a photo booth, which they used to, now they just use the mural. Oh, That's wow. their backdrop. And, oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. And I love with, hearing how schools leverage mm-hmm. the artwork. Like, you know, my kids went to Egan and the Egan mural became the banner for their weekly missive. Okay. You know, and... Another school just asked me if they could use it in their yearbook, like as the backdrop photo. I'm like, yes, yes, go use yeah. it. Like it's, it becomes a little bit of an identity. Of the, exactly. Yeah. And I love like when I was there, I've been there a couple times during the Friday roundup on the pavement. Okay. The whole school meets right in front of this mural. Exactly. And it used to be a blank wall. Yeah. You know, it used to just be cream like everything else. And now like it feels like a more fun center, like the center of the school. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting because I was thinking, because I was thinking about that word identity too. I was thinking about the different ways the mural and the artwork has impacted our school. And one of the unexpected benefits was it does give us an identity. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that really helps build community. Because one of the schools, when I was visiting your murals, there's a school in Palo Alto that I visited that has a lot of murals. Mm-hmm. And now in my mind, I think of it as the school with the beautiful murals. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the name of the school, oh, but wow. I think of it as the place with the pretty murals. There's something really special about feeling like your community mm-hmm. includes beauty because that speaks to people and it makes people feel happy and comfortable and like um, cared for. Like yeah, cared exactly. For yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was super neat that then the principal took up the third project yes. out of her own budget. Yes. Like that felt like a real victory. That was amazing. Because, yeah. it, you know, it's one thing when you start something and then when you have a first follower and then like somebody else, you know, takes a lead and takes yes. it in a new direction and added. So what happened was a principal then, it was essentially became an extension of the wall mural onto the ground. Yes. For the school values for the kids. Well, and it's kind of an amazing model to look at when you're looking at things that might be hard or challenging or that people are questioning you in when you have a vision. I I was thinking about that because we went all the way from a lot of people questioning why we were doing this, what we were doing, and acting like it was a silly idea from there all the way to some of those same people then wanting to make more of it happen. It's kind mm-hmm. of amazing when you think mm-hmm. about it. It's been a really fun process to watch. Yeah. And then the, the that third iteration of the art, also, we brought in the living classroom uh-huh. stuff. We did local. Exactly. We did native species and the qualities. Yep. So there was really a lot of layers. And another thing that comes to mind is like, there was actually some groundwork already laid because I had painted the other, I think I'd painted two schools in the district by then. So the district knew of me. So getting that contract signed and things kind of rolling helped because I have worked in new school districts since where I don't know them, they don't know me. And there's a lot more hesitation. Mm -hmm. They don't know if they're going to like my designs and they don't want to pay me you know, until it's all complete, for example. And so the district was already on board because I had painted it to other schools. So that made it easier. So you only had to face local resistance. Exactly. You didn't also have to face district resistance, which can happen to some school advocates. No, that, that was a huge advantage because the district didn't question us at all. As soon as they knew we were working with you, they just gave us the green light and we're excited to see to see yeah. what we come up with. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome and I'd love for more schools to be able to I mean I can't do all the schools. I love I mean I'm pretty loyal to Los Altos yeah. at this point. Like if anybody in Los Altos calls me I'm in, but I can't do all the districts. But yeah. you know the idea that schools can create a process to bring art into their school. So identifying art and beautification like as a facilities investment, Mm -hmm. not just art curriculum, which is also hard to get funded and passed, but actually celebrating like a beautiful environment to learn in that, you know, it does take funding. It does take approval. The district has to be supportive. So those are a lot of things that art advocates, I think, have to lay the groundwork for and sort of assume is going to be part of any mural project and they start that. Well, and the other thing that we kind of struggled with being in a school is when I was first met with resistance, there were a lot of questions of, if we're doing a mural, why aren't you having the children painted? Why don't Mm -hmm. you empower them to do the project as opposed to hiring an artist? Mm -hmm. And what I thought was really neat about the way we did the murals is the children were engaged in it. They did have a role and I think they were really satisfied and rewarded by the results because they had a voice, they had a role, but logistically 
it would be very difficult to have 500 children participating in painting a mural. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so these murals gave them an opportunity to be involved in art, Mm -hmm. but still come up with something that is very lasting and that could cover a lot of area because we, you know, your mural stretched to the top of the building. We obviously couldn't have children doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. so I, I'm often asked, hey, can the kids help paint? Mm-hmm. And you even asked that. And, it, you know, it was tough on the ground painting, on the pavement painting, to kind of explain to the community, like, well, you know, it's different. I often liken it to, like, kids doing the dishes. Like, oh, no, my kids are really good. But still, the amount of attention to detail and persistence to the whole job, like three hours of painting, or, I mean, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It's something that comes with age, it's not necessarily artistic ability to really, the logistics of painting is kind of work and people forget some of that when they get right on it. But so the main things are, I'm torn because idealistically people want to involve the kids, but you have to deal with not only the paint drips and you can't get them up high, so it limits the height of the design. You can do it on panels, I suppose. The execution isn't going to be um, quite as good. But one of the main things is it takes four or five times as long because all the management and first you outline it and then you get each piece. So my process is very much like I just paint it. It takes me, you know, I'm super fast. A week, if I had to work with the kids and all the pieces, the price would be at least double or triple. And so a school has to decide and it wouldn't look like it was expertly executed. It would look it's a whole different genre of art, of kid-looking art. And layers of paint would probably be thinner or, you know, just wouldn't be as cohesive to yeah. have all this. So it's just a different product and it's more expensive. So I'm kind of, I re- recommend to schools, like, depends what your primary goal is. And if the primary goal is that kids participate in art making, do it on panels and maybe consider it's a three-year thing that you're going to take down or cycle through because it's more of a gift to the students, to the process, than to really the longevity. Like, it's not really like a legacy art project per se. If it's something, kids don't stick with it quite as long. Mm-hmm. You know, like an, like the kids when I'm painting on site, I say, oh, like, you're still here? And it's only my third day. <laughs> I thought you were finished yesterday. And I'm like, it doesn't look like anything yet. You know, like, it, yeah. you know, one thing that you learn about good art is, you know, it takes a couple, like, layers and iterations, and kids don't necessarily think like that. They're like, I just did that. It's awesome. Bye. I'm going to go play, you know? And so, idea, well, you're going to paint over this and refine this and refine this. So, I'm kind of going into this because this is very much top of mind for me. Also, because you reached out to me about Springer now wanting to do a student participation artwork. And I'll just tell you my response right now. This is live, which is you know, I thought about it. It's like, I'm not that excited about it. It takes longer. Mm-hmm. The artwork is going to be categorically different. So my skill as an artist, I'm very creative and I'm really good at the execution part. But managing a hundred little hands and all those little brushes and the cleanup, it's a totally different job description than what I do, which is thinking about the sites. Like I consider myself like a, a mouthpiece of the vision that's done collaboratively, but then I'm creating something like really that I believe is really a gift to the whole community, very beautiful art. And I feel like if I did it with all, all the kids, it would be 
just basically a logistical facilitator a lot more. So anyway, then I turned around and I invited two, I offered it to two other friends that I have who are artists. Okay. One is a teacher, social emotional learning. I'm like, you should facilitate this. <laughs> She's like, no, that oh. sounds like an awful job. I don't want to do that. I was like, really? What? And then I offered another artist friend. She's like, no, I wouldn't. I just do not want to coordinate, you know, all those kids doing it. I was like, no. I'm like, this is so hard for me to say no to because I'm like, yes to art and yes to let's figure out how to, how your school wants to do it. I'm naturally like, how can I be of service? How can I be of service to art and to your school? So I'm likely to take it on. But actually, it's not that much fun to coordinate. And it's not that much. It's like an art teacher should do it. Well, it's funny because when I did get a lot of suggestions that we have a student-driven art project at the beginning of all of this, when we were first doing the murals, when I turned around and said, does anybody want to coordinate that? I could not find a single person. And also, the thing that was really neat that came out of this is, as a parent, I'm pretty sensitive to everyone being included. If you're going to have a student-driven project, then everybody should get to participate. And when you have four or 500 students, mm-hmm. that is feasibly very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. But the way that you ended up doing the mural, everybody did get to participate because they were so engaged at recess, watching the whole process unfold. Everybody who stepped forward, it's like, hey, what are you doing? What do you think? Exactly. And, you know, I even took some photos of the kids at recess and put them on the wall. Yeah. And it was such an amazing learning experience for the kids because every time you walked by that wall, it looked different. And there was another layer of art that I personally have never realized in my life of all of the different layers that go into painting a tree or painting the hills or the flowers. And so it was a, it was a really incredible educational experience, I think, mm. for the kids to watch mm. it unfold and to realize all that went into it. So maybe... It makes me feel a lot better because I yeah. sometimes feel like I really want people to feel ownership and engaged. And is the only way to do that, you know, actual participation they are holding the brush or is there a way to create engagement in the community because with public art you know i absolutely want to figure out those layers like is it a legend is it helping design with them is there is it creating a selfie moment in it so people take oh, a photo yeah. in front of it that's actually a really neat idea yeah is it offering you know other forms of engagement i don't know all the ways but i definitely know that i want the art in public space to also engage so people feel like it's is part of them. But so the other thing is, you know, the working with the kids, like they want to do a tree in the front. Well, you have to do it on panels and then it's not as dynamically fitting to the space, right? It can't yeah. branch out like a real tree would. It's just a whole different thing. And so, you know, it's hard to say no for me, but I think my answer would be like, if you guys want to have the kids paint it, go for it. And I will, you know, give you recommendations on what supplies to use and have fun. And that's great. And I'm also glad that the school has the beautiful, like professionally done pieces also. So then they have both. Well, and I think though, that's what's been neat about this whole process is every year we want more. And Yay. that really speaks to the That's success so cool. of the first project, right? Yeah. It wasn't. And when you enter into something like that, when you're pushing for something, especially spending 
basically public dollars or money that other people have donated for their school, and you're trying to spend it on something that people are questioning, it's really scary. It's a leap of faith because you don't really know how it will turn out. So the fact that it turned out so well that every year each group wants to add on, you know, makes me realize it was a huge success. I think we need to fist bump over that legacy Yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Good job. Yeah. 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 So part of the podcast is simply celebrating like what's possible. When you get that yeah. ball rolling, you don't know where it's going to go from one end and you think this space could be activated. This space could be better. It could, it could reflect the community spirit better or like the history. Mm-hmm. Like you were specific. Well, I went here and it used to be orchards and it used to be beautiful. And the kids that go there here now, they don't see that. And so you had a vision specifically that I want to share what I experienced about Springer, what I love about Springer. And so, you know, we shared that. And that was one piece of art and then other kinds of art. And then it's like more, more, more. That's wonderful. It's creating a, a flavor of art that's almost contagious. And I hope it's not just the murals. I hope that there's the art program there is enriched by it, by a, by a, valuation of the importance of art in our lives and the kids take it more to heart, you know, that it's not just dabbling. But, oh, I love to do that. I'm just like going through a whole bunch of things, but it's also showing kids like this is a job. Yeah, Like I show up Yeah, as like, you could be an artist when you grow up. Kids always ask me, are you a real artist? Like when I go to school, it's like at recess, I get a dozen kids who ask me, are you oh, a real great. artist? I'm always like, Yep. <laughs> real, real one. <laughs> like, great. I secretly think, you know, we're all real artists. Like, I, I do believe we all, all have access to that creativity. But I think it's good for kids to see that, too. Absolutely. Well, and it's neat for them to see the way that art can art can achieve things that sometimes you can't achieve other ways. I was thinking this was really driven by limitations, right? Because I would have loved to plant trees all over the campus, but we couldn't do that because there's cement and you've got to get water to it. And in schools, maintenance and longevity is a real issue because maybe you have a volunteer one year who's going to water all the planter boxes and maybe next year you don't. Whereas your art was able... through that, we could add color and life and plants and trees and beautiful scenery without having to dig into the ground or mm-hmm. put in complicated, you mm-hmm. know, plumbing systems. So I think showing kids that you can be creative with your resources. It's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So your kids are going to go to what school now? They go. So Tenley will move on to Block. To Block. Yeah. And, and I did a mural school. there. I know. So I should get to I know. The <laughs> I'm so excited yeah. about that. Yeah. And the kids were involved in that one, I yeah, think. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I met with the kids once or twice, I guess. Oh, what happened was the art teacher had the kids, each class brainstorm on ideas for the mural. Uh-huh. And then... Also, then I picked maybe 15 of distinct ideas that I liked from that. So there were some duplicate ideas, you know, that Falcon came up like 20 times. So I picked like two Falcon images. And then they had, they invited the student body, all the student bodies. So the kids self-select at lunchtime. And there was only about 15 kids there. And I showed them my favorites of the student 
okay. created drawings. And I said, are there anything here you like? Like, let's design the mural together. And they absolutely did. And like the 15 of us together in one hour was like, what color should the sky be? What color? What Should the falcon be happy or, or fierce? Or what do you see happening here? Like I was just asking questions and then they were like, oh no, I really think this and this and this. So I think that there was a lot of school-wide participation in that and such a success. I mean, especially for middle school to have that selfie moment and then they're sharing it Absolutely. and school pride. Yeah, that was fun. Well, and I was thinking that's a great example of somebody's thinking about doing a project on a school campus and you want to make something into more of a gathering spot mm-hmm. because the kids really do specifically seek that spot out now. I was mm-hmm. I was there for the eighth grade graduation last year and they the kids went out of their way from where they were gathering to go find that spot so they could take their pictures. Wow. So it's, I think there could be some strategy in that, right? In a school yeah. campus, if you're trying to build an area for more kids to gather in, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. Because they'll seek it out. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, especially when selfies are involved. I know. (laughs) It's funny, like, I'm so comfortable with you. I feel like I'm just, like, thinking of all these ideas I want to share today, and I'm doing not as good of a job, like, interviewing you about your whole process. But I think that's part of how you and I, we've created together a few times. So it's like, wouldn't that be cool? And that worked. And how can we bring that forward, you know? And it's like, also, the creativity is like a muscle that you build and you build trust with other people. And we would just, we can kind of laugh about, you know, how (laughs) things are progressing or the obstacles at this point or whatever comes up and make a lot more happen. So it's like, once you get one little project, it sets a precedent to build on that, both relationships and trust with the district. And, you know, now it just feels like for you, like you could get involved with the city. You could be on the arts. You could be on the arts commission and you would know how to do that. You gain some skills now. Yeah, it feels weird kind of moving out of the elementary schools. I'm trying to think of where where I could bring some of these projects because they're really fun to work on. They really yeah. are. I think I'm going to make, okay. put your name in the hat. <laughs> I, 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 might, um, I might out you to our arts commission. <laughs> well, yeah. It's hard. I just know that like, it took a lot of your volunteer hours to make that difference. And I know a lot of people enjoy it. And I know it makes, my work is completely dependent on art advocates and they work at least twice as hard as I do on every project. So I just, I thank you for that. I'm so glad we had that success together. I am too. I feel really proud of that. Like that's one of my proudest projects because I think we really did like over the course of five years, it was $15,000, you know? Yeah. Um, but we started small and we went a little bigger and <laughs> we went a little broader. And I think it's really a beautiful legacy that you get to leave at Springer. And it's something that I'm really proud of in my career because I always wanted to leave that kind of a contribution at elementary schools. I think it's so important, like the elementary schools feel welcoming. Yes. They don't look like prisons or institutions. They look like places where you can have feelings and where you can play mm-hmm. and where you can be curious and, you know, be a little silly. And so the environment can set that tone. Absolutely. It makes people smile. When they walk by it, they smile. And I don't know what more you want on a school campus. Yeah. People need to feel, you know, they deserve to feel happy and feel yeah. welcome and it would be interesting to talk to some of the people who questioned the project. It would be kind of exciting to interview them because I think 
I know personally that I'm, as I mentioned, a very visual person. I'm, I'm very aware of that about myself. But I think most of us probably are, but we might not realize the effect that certain spaces have on us unless somebody calls it out. And so it would be interesting to talk to people who didn't really realize the value, who now do understand. That's a good point. Okay. Anybody listening on the podcast who's a skeptic and wants to come talk to me, (laughs) the phone lines are open. No, she'd be an email and like, I want to hear some naysayers because it's true. I've got a lot of, you know, it's so important to understand where the resistance is coming from and so that you know what you need to speak towards and see where the, where there's an overlap of benefit for other people. Um, Like some people only care about their property values going up, which you know, public art does. Yeah. And so same with the schools, you know, more people want to move in that neighborhood. That's great. That's one way it adds value that you and I are less concerned about. We just want it to feel loving and welcoming. You know, that feeling yeah. is more what we're dialed into, but there's a lot of wins. There's wins for the district. So. Anyway. Well, and I think at the time when we were going through this, I actually came across quite a few articles saying that, your learning environment does impact your learning. And I think that a lot of the resistance that I was receiving was more, you know, shouldn't shouldn't PTA be spending money on books and shouldn't they be spending money on academic type items? And I think it's fair to say that learning environment does play into your academic environment because if you walk into a space and you're happy, and you're comfortable, and you feel like you're being taken care of, you are in a better place to learn. Your mind is more ready to receive information. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's definitely connections. It's just helping everybody understand that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I just, I'm so grateful you came to talk to me about this today, Christy. It's so nice to share it with other people. Like, this is, you know, this is how it happened. People see the art and they don't always know the backstory. So now there's one more data point of, you know, an art project gone well, and um, especially at a school. And uh, so, and thank you for your work on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Yay. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for joining me. Morgan, your hostess of If These Walls Could Talk. If you ever need a mural, I hope you know who to call. Visit my portfolio at morganmurals.com. And thank you for believing in the power of public art, of the power of mural art, and for being fellow journeyers on this path with me. Take care. Bye-bye.